Uh, I got some handout for you tonight as we start this new uh, uh, lesson, and we're going to be studying uh, uh, some out of the book of Jude uh, and uh, uh, pull some things from that. Uh, it's good to see Greg come in uh, tonight, uh, and uh, again, everybody else that uh, that is here. The reason why I gave you this um, handout material, uh, I've got an introduction there. I want I want you to have a little uh, uh, knowledge about who Jude was, and unless you've ever studied it, you may have. You may be surprised, but uh, when I when I read uh, something out of the Word of God, I want to know who it is who wrote it. I want to know when he wrote it, and I want to know the conditions going on that caused him to write it. If you don't have that understanding, then you're not going to understand the Scripture very well. You've got to have a good background uh, of Scripture. And so um, let's look at on, on your handout there the introduction to, uh, to Jude. <coughs> Jude, which is rendered Judah in Hebrew and Judas in Greek, was named after its author, one of the four half-brothers of Jesus. Now, I got the scriptures down there. I'm, I, I can't have, take the time to go to those scriptures. You can do that on your own. But the first thing you need to understand is that in the, in the, in the Hebrew, it's Jew, uh, Jude is rendered Judah in Hebrew. Anybody know what Judah means? Judah means praise. Amen. That's what the name Judah means, praise. And all through the Old Testament under typology, uh, 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 Judah, the tribe of Judah was a tribe of praise, the, the tribe known for praise and worshiping God. But in the Greek, it's, it's rendered Judas. Now, I did a lot of studying, and after what happened to Jesus and a man called Judas, he had his name shortened to Jude because he didn't want to be mixed up with Judas Iscariot. What, what did Judas Iscariot do? He's the one that betrayed Jesus. So... Jude's actual name originally was Judas, but he took the ending off of it and went for out. Uh, after Judas was crucified, he went by the name of Jude because he, you know, he, he didn't want nobody mixing him up with Judas. And, uh, and one reason for that, he was actually kin to Jesus. He was a half-brother. Now, we're talking about the one who wrote the epistle to Jude here. He was a half-brother, and there's Scripture there in Matthew and Mark 
Jesus had actually four half-brothers. Now, somebody tell me, I'm going to get some participation out of you tonight. How in the world did Jesus have half-brothers? Right. If you go back and you read, if you read the account when Joseph took Mary to be his wife, the scripture said, and Joseph knew her not until after Jesus was born. See, and after Jesus was born, Joseph and Mary had children of their own between both of them. And those children that they had were half-brothers of Jesus. Why? Didn't have the same father. All right. Yeah, all right. You're catching on. That's 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 the key. <clears throat> Does everybody understand me so far? We 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 rolling here, all right? Okay. Although Jude had earlier rejected Jesus as uh, Messiah, he along with his other half brothers of the Lord was converted to Christ after the resurrection. Now Stop and think about it. How many? How many here? How many here was raised up with brothers and sisters? With that, you know, they was always in. You know, you was raised together. Maybe you know, a few years of one another. Okay, Joseph and Mary had other children after Jesus was born. That uh, that Joseph was a father. Joseph wasn't Jesus' father. And these other kids, these other brothers, was raised up with Jesus. <laughs> and when he got grown, and you'll have to excuse me, I'm, I'm still having some issues with this lingering effects of that pneumonia. I've still got stuff down in here that's bothering me. <laughs> but when Jesus got, got grown, got going around preaching and, uh, and, and, and doing his ministry, them other half-brothers says, wait a minute, ain't no way in the world this man can be God. This is why we're raised in him. If he's God, we're God. The Bible says his brothers did not believe Jesus. They didn't believe in Jesus. They didn't believe in his ministry until after Jesus was resurrected. That's enough to convince anybody, I'd say. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what convinced them. Amen. After Jesus was resurrected, then... They accepted Jesus for uh, who he was. Now, as Jude was firmly rooted in the message of the gospel, he was unsettled in his spirit over the roots of false teachings that had already begun to creep into the church. Jude wrote upon hearing of these false teachers who had infiltrated the church and twisted the gospel of grace into an argument for leading immoral lives. So he was compelled to write that we should contend for the faith which uh, uh, had been delivered to the, uh, to the church and not to be led astray by smooth-talking Christians who only have a sinister motive in mind. So, this doctrine of what some call cheap grace once saved, always saved. 
It's nothing new. It started way back then, and I'm going to show you uh, in Jude that this is, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, some of these scriptures that we read, you, we, we have heard them read time and time before, and that's the title of the night's lesson, Contending for the Faith. Um, what Jude was contending for at this, at this particular time, amen, was what grace is really all about. That grace is not a license to sin. Grace of God is not a get out of jail free card. Amen. And uh, I'll, we'll, we'll show you why that is as we read the scripture. Uh, amen. Um, okay, let's, we'll go to the scripture reference uh, and, um, and read uh, uh, the scriptures there. Uh, Jude chapter 1. We'll, we, won't, we won't get into chapter 2 tonight or chapter 3. Hallelujah. Some of them caught that, some of them didn't. Amen. All right, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. Okay. This was, this was another half-brother of Jesus. James was. And he identifies himself as a brother of James. To those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Christ Jesus. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness. Now, the original King James uh, uses the word lasciviousness, and um, we will try to get back to that uh, uh, tonight uh, to bring, bring that out more clear. Uh, and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. See, I told you that uh, uh, Jude, Jude here is going to tear that once saved, always to complete. He's going back and giving examples all through the Bible, a people God had brought out, had delivered, but then later wiped them out because they, they, they went back and they disobeyed him. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode, he has reserved an everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar matter to these having given themselves over to sexual immorality 
and gone after strange flesh, which basically that means men with men and women with women. Women, that's what the strange uh, flesh uh, means. There is one. Well, I uh, let's see. I got I got part of the scripture that's not not on there. Uh, let me. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality, gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. And that, I'm, that's reading from your handout there. Okay. Now, Jude said he was minded to write to them of the, the common salvation. And he found it needful to write that they earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered uh, to the saints. Uh, there's a couple things tonight. There's a lot of stuff in here, and I'm not going to be able to get to it all uh, this evening. But I'm going to try to get to two different points tonight. Number one is, and this is important. There's only one faith. There's only one faith. Muslims and, and Christians do not serve the same God just in a different manner. That's a lie. Hallelujah. I said Muslims and Christians do not serve the same God. Uh, any other Eastern religion or whoever whoever it may be uh, does not serve the same God as what we do. There's only one faith. And even back then, and according to the sources that I that I studied, Jude wrote this around 60 AD. He wrote it prior to to, uh, to uh, the general Titus of the Roman army came into Jerusalem and destroyed the whole, whole place. That was in 70 A.D. Uh, and he wrote this just prior to that, and uh, most scholars say between 60 and 65 A.D. Well, already that soon, there were people creeping into the church who had centered a motives. And they were trying to twist the gospel of grace. And he said, uh, he used that word specifically grace. He said they turned it into lewdness or lasciviousness. And uh, another definition for lasciviousness, if you want to jot that down on your paper, is just simply loose living. Loose living. People who don't have any convictions about them. People who uh, uh, don't even make an effort to try to walk right, to live right. And they use the excuse, well, we're saved by grace. We're saved by grace. Grace is a beautiful thing, and we're saved by that. But like I said, grace is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. 
It's not a license to sin. Just shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What did Paul say in Romans? God forbid. Hallelujah. Amen. So, but there were people already coming in to the church that early, that far back, trying to twist everything up. And so he writes to the church people and says, we got to contend for the faith that was once delivered. We got to, we got to, that's how come, that's how come we, we believe uh, the apostles' doctrine. Because the Bible said we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. They laid the foundation, the apostles did. Anybody come and preaching any other thing other than what the apostles preach, I don't have the time of day for them. Amen. And that's what he said, we got to contend for that faith once delivered to the saints. Amen. We don't go back, we don't go back to the book of John. We don't go back to Mark or Luke. Let me, let me lay something on you here that maybe, maybe blows some, of, some people's mind. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, they're not part of the New Testament. What? What do you mean they're not part of the New Testament? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not part of the New Testament. The New Testament did not start until after Jesus died. Hallelujah. As, as it said further on in Paul's writing, there's got to be the death of the testor. Amen. Jesus had to die. That's how come the thief on the cross could go into paradise without getting baptized. He still died under old covenant. He still died under old covenant. He didn't die under the new covenant. Hallelujah. Earnestly contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. We got, we, we've got to stand true, amen, to that. After the birth of the church, the apostles under the leadership of the Holy Ghost ordained the message of the gospel, which became the foundation upon which everything was built. All the ministry was united in the message and all preached the same thing. Hallelujah. Look at that good. That's, I mean, I, I want you to, and I hope that you'll take this home and you'll study it further. <coughs> there wasn't no factions. There wasn't no fix, uh, uh, cliques in the early church. You didn't go to one Pentecostal church and hear, hear some preacher preaching one way and go to another Pentecostal church down the road and hear him preaching another way. It didn't happen. We find out by Paul, by his own testimony, after God had struck him down with a light as he was on the road to Damascus and God called him into the ministry, saved him, and was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He said by his own words, he said, I did not go to Jerusalem to check with those who were apostles before me. He didn't, he, he, he didn't go down there and sit down with them all and get them all to teach and train. It was 14 years after his call for he really sat down and he, because he said, listen, he said, you know what? I've been preaching this message for 14 years. Maybe I need to go to Jerusalem to those who have been apostles before me to make sure that I ain't run in vain. After out there preaching, never been taught, didn't go to, didn't go to Jerusalem seminary. Amen. He was out there being and preaching. 
just under the unction of the Holy Ghost, of the anointing of the Holy Ghost, he went to Jerusalem after 14 years uh, to find out, to make sure that he was preaching the same thing to the rest of those apostles, and he found out they all was preaching the same thing. Hallelujah. Amen. So, <coughs> that's the way it was in the beginning. But we have people started creeping in, especially, well, let, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I want to read uh, uh, this handout so you can follow. We're still talking about only one faith. God never intended for divisions to come about that would disrupt the body, creating factions that uh, eventually lead to a multitude of beliefs and faiths. Yet as the original apostles began to age, and most of them were killed for the faith, others slowly entered who was not led by the Holy Ghost and misled the saints because they were not grounded in the Word as they should have been. That's why it's important that God tells us over and over, not just preachers, everybody, and I'm preaching on Sundays now about responsibilities that we have. That's the responsibility you have. You got to get grounded in the faith. The Word tells you that. That's just as important as your baptism. Hallelujah. You cannot just sit back in a pew and depend on a preacher to tell you everything. Hallelujah. I might come in here, come in here half cocked and then and, and backslid, amen, and, and, and start, start talking some Jim Jones stuff. Anybody here want some Kool-Aid? Got some cherry Kool-Aid back here, uh, Greg. Uh, you got, oh, yeah. uh, Darlene says it was great. I'm gonna have to check on what all you know about Jim Jones. <laughs> uh, the Scripture says, with all serious, and this is this is a commandment for all of us. This ain't just preachers. This is for all saints of God. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Hallelujah. That's Bible, ain't it, sister? Study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. God has made you a promise. People say, well, you know, I, I, I can't talk, talk too well the Bible. I can't witness too, too well the Bible. Well, I guarantee you, if you do what the Bible tells you to do, God will take care of the rest. If you study God's Word, you, I mean, and you really, if you really put effort in studying God's Word, and then you get over here and somebody asks you and you're out somewhere and somebody asks you a question about the Bible, I guarantee you the Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance. Hallelujah. You know, I, I, I've read, uh, unfortunately, there have been a lot of Pentecostal preachers and people too that they'll get up to preach. They, you know, Sunday school teachers, They'll, 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 they'll show up on Sunday and never, a whole of the week never have opened up their Sunday school book and expect to try to teach uh, children. Amen. Well, see, they're disobeying God when they do that. And, and, and some people say, well, you know, the Bible says, open your mouth and I'll fill it. Yeah, most of it's full of hot air. Amen. Amen. It's just... You know, and, and a lot of preachers do what I call chase rabbits. They, they'll, they'll, they'll get up because they ain't really studied and prayed, and they'll run this direction for a while, 
and then they go this direction, up and down and all around. And you ask somebody, somebody say after, well, didn't so-and-so preach a great message? You say, well, what did he preach on? Well, I don't know, but it sure was good. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <coughs> Here's the key. God, God will anoint me. He'll, he'll give me the words that I need to say. He knows who's going to be in every service and what everybody needs. But that does not negate my responsibility to pray and to read and study and prepare ahead of time. My mind, I mean, you know, I, I don't have... I'm going to have Sister Moore give you one of them Gibbs Ganozo back on the back of the head there in a minute. <laughs> uh, seriously, I can't, you know, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've done some reading. I'm saying that's, that's another, that's another uh, 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 thing to do with diabetes. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I've been playing the piano uh, ever, for I don't know how long. And uh, sometimes I sit up there and I start playing, and it's a simple song, no off chords, no no dimension, whatever. And I look and I, and I can I'll forget where I'm supposed to go to next, you know. And so my memory is not all that all that good, but if I prepare ahead of time, if I study God's word, God has promised me that when I need it, he will bring it back to my remembrance. Hallelujah. And if you study, and what the Bible says, if you study to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, you don't have to be ashamed when somebody on your job or out there asks you some kind of question about what you believe, because if you've been studying, the Holy Ghost will bring it to you. But if you ain't been studying, the Holy Ghost will let you stand there and look stupid. Hallelujah. A lot of folks, I don't know, I don't understand. This is not the, really the chain of thought that I was uh, thinking this message was going, but I've got the lead, leadership of the Lord uh, follow that leadership. Let me say this, talking about that. Don't pray and ask God to do something that you can do for yourself. He ain't going to do it. He's not going to do it. A lot of people will pray and pray and bang on the floor and snot and cry and do everything else, asking God to do something that they could do themselves. That's the type of prayer that just won't get answered. Amen. So, but anyway, anyway we've got to study to show ourselves approved unto God. Hallelujah. Uh, there's only one faith. It's important that we know that. Hallelujah. Now, Ephesians 4, uh, verses 4 uh, through 6, I'm giving you scripture for what I said. There's only one faith. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, five faiths, One faith, one baptism. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. 
one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. Amen. There's only one faith. Then also, I got I got down there. I got, I got down under there. Uh, Galatians, chapter one, verses six and seven. Yep. Um, let's see. Having a little technical difficulties here. All right, look at your handout. I'm not going to waste my time with that. Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Paul said, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Remember what Jude said? There's some who have crept in unaware, unnoticed. Amen. Um, please, let's follow what the Word says. There are so many spirits going around today. And most people, most of us, you know, we, we like to thank the best of everybody. But I promise you, and I'm saying this in a sincere heart. Now, I've been talking kind of lightly tonight and gesturing and different things like that. But, but let me get down to, to business right here and get down to brass tacks right, uh, right here, please. Every time the saints come together to worship, the devil's going to be hovering around somewhere. And he, there's an awful lot of wolves in sheep's clothing. Hallelujah. And so what we got to do is what the Bible says, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, try the spirits to see whether they're of God. Amen. We have to do that. Hallelujah. And I want to talk now briefly about the dangers of rejecting the faith this faith that was once delivered to the saints rejection of the truth of God's word is nothing new there have been apostates ever since the beginning so Jude warns the people to never take their salvation for granted just because you have had an experience or been used by God does not guarantee your final acceptance on the day of judgment. Hallelujah. Some people think just well, they can p pick out a point in time. Well, did you know God? I was used by God during that service to help that person. That does not guarantee your uh, acceptance with God. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't be deceived. Amen. We have to be careful amen uh, notice what he says in Galatians 5 7 8 he says you ran well who hindered you from obeying the truth this persuasion does not come from him 
who calls you. Hallelujah. It don't come from, you did run well. Amen. I'm talking about the dangers of rejecting the faith. Hallelujah. Don't take your salvation for granted. Amen. Remember what this, this lesson's about, contending for the faith, and it, we talked about grace, not being a license to sin. Just because that we are saved by grace, don't take your relationship with God for granted. Hallelujah. Amen. Just because he's been there for you time and time again, when you have rejected him time and time again, don't take for granted that he will always be there because there might be a time he's not. Hallelujah. Our salvation is not anything to play around with. It's not anything to play around with. Um, this, this final scripture that, that you have, this, this scripture right here scares me more than any scripture in the Bible. It really scares me. Matthew 7, 22 and 23. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? cast out demons in your name and done many mighty uh, many wonders in your name notice that now and then I will declare to them I never knew you depart from me you who practice lawlessness look at your scripture I gave you Just because you've been used by God does not guarantee your total acceptance with God on Judgment Day, as I said a while ago. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? Listen to me now. I was, ra I was, raised, I was raised in a nominal church a Baptist church, and I'm not saying anything about them. Uh, uh, there's some people in there who, uh, who love the Lord and, and live good lives. But I promise you this. You're not going to go to the average Baptist church and find people prophesying in Jesus' name and casting out demons. I never did see nobody, a devil cast out of nobody as long as I went to a Baptist church. I've seen some people that had them. Didn't nobody know what was going on. And done many more. You're not going to see those things happen at a Methodist church. There's only one church out of all of them that these things happen in. And that's the church that calls themselves Pentecostal. Be their apostolic, church of God, assembly of God, four square, four square gospel, whatever type Pentecostal church it is. They're the ones who believe this. So guess who God's warning? 
He's warning Pentecostal people. He ain't warning Baptists with this scripture. He ain't warning Methodists. He's warning Pentecostals because we're the ones that goes around doing that. Prophesying in the name of Jesus. Casting out devils. Praying for the sick. That's why I said this verse of Scripture upsets me more than anything. Because on that day, there are going to be all kinds of people go to the Lord. Well, Lord, man, I did, man, the Spirit came on me and I, I did all kind of prophesying in your name. Man, we prayed over that person down there for three hours and finally cast the devil out of them. All these other things we have done, what is going to be his reply? And then I will declare to them, I never. Woo. He didn't say one time. He says never. Oh, man, that stuff is tight. And then I will declare unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Original King James says iniquity. Wow. Hallelujah. So don't ever take your, your salvation for granted. Hallelujah. Don't try, don't try to do your religion like you do a coat. There's a coat right here. You, I guess that's your jacket, isn't it? You, you had it on a while ago, didn't you? This laying here now, you took it off. When we dismiss her in two or three minutes, you'll probably put it back on, won't you? This coat represents a lot of people's salvation. They'll put it on and wear it when it's convenient. They'll put it on. Pastor's getting whooped up on tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't take, don't take your salvation for granted. Don't pick it up, put it down at your convenience. Hallelujah. As Brother Our Baggett sister used to say, be real. Be real. Anybody got any comments or questions tonight about that? Yes. Bible says that his spirit would bear witness with your spirit. He will he will let you know down down inside. I mean it will it will connect with you. Uh, and uh, and and you'll you'll know. Uh, see <coughs> there's a difference. There's a difference in people stumbling and making mistakes and then willfully going out and doing something. Like Sister Mary on a Wednesday night a couple of weeks ago uh brought up the scripture said you know about you know if we willfully sin yes right right exactly but it, it is a no soul salvation you that spirit will bear witness with yours and you you'll 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 know uh, uh i uh i've never i've never doubted my my salvation <laughs> excuse me 
I've never doubted my salvation, but man, I've been a lot of times I've sure been ashamed of myself. Lord, I, you know, I could do better than that, you know. And um, that's good. I'm glad you brought that up. And uh, finally, remember, contend for the faith. We have to worry about this more today than any day, any other time because nothing is being fought as hard as Christianity today. And God needs his people to be not afraid to stand up. Amen. And not back down. Don't, don't let the devil back you down. Hallelujah. Man, I would love, I would love to have an opportunity to sit, sit down right on the pew side by side or go out and sit down at a table and have coffee and sit down. I'd love to talk to President Obama. Man, I wish I'd have that opportunity. I, I, I'm not talking about being mean and being hateful and, and all that stuff. Uh, you, can, you can declare truth, but you can declare it in the wrong way with the wrong spirit. You can't win nobody like that. You draw more flies with honey than you do vinegar. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Let's all stand together. Appreciate you being here tonight and your attention. Yes, sis.